Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Tuesday, March 15, 2022. And today will be better than yesterday, although today is pretty good. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. Sarah Abbott's holding down the heartland in Nebraska. And I'm Buster only in Northport, Florida, a spring training home of the Atlanta Braves. And that was the place where the big news happened yesterday. The Braves acquiring first baseman Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics, but it wasn't only about the acquisition of an all-star first baseman. It was about the slamming of the door of Freddie Freeman's time with the Atlanta Braves. Here's how it all played out. Uh, The Braves had a workout and right at the end of that, Brian Snitker met with reporters. And in the midst of that, he heard the news. Jeff Passon's reporting right now that the Braves and Oakland are in agreement to trade that will send all-star first baseman Matt Olson to the Braves. Your thoughts on that? Well, I'm, I don't have really, as new for me. You know, I've been out here for right. the last two and a half hours. So, um, what's your overall thoughts as Matt as a Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, I, I really don't have, you know, you just said it, so I really don't have any right now. I mean, that would mean that Freddie yeah. is likely not coming back. Is that? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I knew that was a. I'll put it this way: I knew that was a possibility. He's a free agent, so you know, going into the whole thing, I knew that there that there was that possibility. At some point in time, he may not be here, and if if not, then you know, we'll continue on with who we got. What does he uh, What does he mean to the Braves? No, I mean he's he's been our guy for a number of years, and and personally, he's meant a lot to me. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. And we'll hear more from Braves folks. Later in the podcast, there was big news in the Padres camp yesterday. Fernando Tatis Jr. has a wrist injury. He's going to need surgery and he's going to miss about three months. Here's Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, I got a couple of incidents. Um, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it's the wrist. Uh, it, be, it could be anything. I, mean, uh, I don't know how you put it out there, but I got a couple, uh, one more fall, but it was nothing crazy. Like I mentioned, it was something like. It's just small pain and it goes away and you do it normal activities. But when you're really trying to ramp it up or push it out there, uh, that's where it coming. Have you thought about if it wasn't for the lockout, maybe you would have come here and it would have been found earlier? Uh, definitely could have been a different story, yeah. When was the accident? Which one? The motorcycle accident. Uh, when, you, when the reporters were reporting. January, December. That day, yeah. Here's Bob Melvin, the Padres' new manager, talking about the injury. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously a hit, but, you know, it gives somebody else an opportunity. You know, what I'm going to talk to about these guys, too, is it's not 26, it's not 28. A lot of times it's 40 or 50 over the course of the season. So we're talking about one guy. Obviously, he's extremely important, but that should motivate us to – you know, hold down the fort until he gets back. And uh, that's where we're going to approach it. The Seattle Mariners made a blockbuster trade with the Cincinnati Reds on Monday night, acquiring all-star outfielder Jesse Winker, as well as infielder Eugenio Suarez. It was a big salary dump for the Reds who were in the midst of a fire sale. They get right-handed pitcher Justin Dunn, outfielder Jake Fraley, and a 2019 second-round pick uh, Brandon Williamson, a player to be named later. Andrew McCutcheon and the Milwaukee Brewers have agreed to terms on a deal. Uh, We'll probably hear more about that later today. Pete Alonso 
related a herring incident in his own life when he met with reporters on Monday, talking about how he was in a car accident in which his car flipped three times. Here's Pete. I mean, I'm, I'm just so happy. Every day's a gift, and today's really special for me. I, I just had a blast out there today, like doing doing work, seeing everybody. I mean, I don't think I've ever been happier showing up to spring training because, again, it's, it's, it's truly amazing how I'm here. And, again, like, I, I'm so fortunate that everyone's okay. And a lot of emotional toll, but here, happy and healthy. Here's more from Pete. She was behind me called the police immediately she had to kind of corral the dogs and then also kind of get people to to help because she didn't know if i could get out of the car or not she alerted the authorities and kind of like got people to to help out before the authorities showed up so it was uh it was awesome he was referring to his wife uh in that uh audio clip jacob degrom told reporters on monday that he's going to opt out of his current contract after the 2022 season and he hopes that he can remain with the mets finishing his career with the mets The Yankees, Josh Donaldson and Garrett Cole met yesterday and they uh, did that to put last year's sticky stuff dispute in the rearview mirror. Reports are that the Toronto Blue Jays are making a big push for Kyle Schwarber. Man, you drop a big left handed slugger in the middle of that group of great right handed hitters. That would be fun to watch. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, March Madness is officially underway tonight, Tuesday, first round, and Baldman on campus did four separate NCAA tournament preview podcast on Sunday night. I was in Bristol with the guys uh, recording late night, cutting that up early. I don't think I went to bed till like 3 a.m. on uh, I guess that would be early Monday morning. So check out bald men on campus while you are filling out your bracket with Lafonso Ellis. Seth Greenberg and Jay Billis will be doing two episodes a week throughout the tournament. So be sure to uh, follow them wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash buster just go to indeed.com slash buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash buster terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed vivid seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring experience every pitch assist and game-winning shot live and in person and the best part Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. 
Seam heads rejoice. This is Timmy time. Baseball is the greatest game. With Tim Kirkson. It never disappoints you. On Baseball Tonight. Tim Kirkson, who covers baseball for ESPN. And Tim, what a devastating day for the San Diego Padres. Uh, apparently, who seemed blindsided by the news about Fernando Tatis Jr. and how serious his wrist injuries are. Yeah, this is a terrible loss, obviously, for the game. But let's not forget the Padres last year were not a great offensive team. They were carried most of the season by Fernando Tatis Jr. And when you look at their lineup now, without him in it for three months, let's say, they might have similar trouble scoring runs this year, which I never thought would be the issue, but it was the issue when they went from 32 and 18 last year after 50 games, best record in baseball, and then didn't make the playoffs. That was in part because other than injuries, they just didn't hit because Tadis Jr. was, you know, only played 102 games at shortstop. So this is a terrible loss for a team in the same division as the Dodgers and the Giants. And you're right, to show up at spring training and then find out that your best player can't play maybe till July, that's a crushing blow. It's a crushing blow. And it's, it, it's his physical situation is fascinating because, as you know, after he had that shoulder uh, injury last year, he chose not to have surgery. There's a general belief among medical people that I've spoken to in the sport who don't treat Tatis Jr., but they uh, are aware of you know the general trend line of shoulder injuries. They think that eventually he's going to need surgery on that shoulder, and now he's got this issue with his wrist, right? And it doesn't seem like there's necessarily a, a strong sense of exactly when and how this happened. Yeah, and we keep hearing, and it's true that he's a quick healer, but um, he's been hurt a bunch of times. And I've heard more than once that, you know, eventually he's going to need, obviously need uh, surgery on the shoulder. And now he's trying to delay surgery on the wrist to make sure, you know, he, he can avoid, maybe avoid that. But the bottom line is for a really young, strong, athletic kid, he gets hurt a lot, and it's weird to watch because he's such a good player, and he's so good for the game. This is just such a bad development for the Padres. I, I feel sorry for them and him because this is not the way you need to start spring training, especially with a new manager. Yeah, and there was a lot of speculation in the industry yesterday. Will the Padres you know, go and be aggressive in other parts uh, of the team? Will they go and make deals that will augment the club for this year? Here's the problem, Tim, is that they've kind of tapped out on resources to some degree unless they decide to spend more of Peter Seidler's money. Uh, they you know, have have traded a lot of prospects the last couple of years. Uh, they have spent a lot of money. They're one of the teams that actually paid a luxury tax last season. I don't know if there's necessarily an easy place for them to pivot. No, I, I don't see it either. I don't see a free agent that they could just go get and rent for three months and then have Tatis ready whenever that is. So I I think they're in a bit of a spot. Now, Jake Cronenworth can play shortstop. Kim, the Korean kid, he can play shortstop. But, you know, it's just not the same. You can move Manny Machado over there if you wanted to. But it's not the same when your, your best player is your shortstop. So they've got some work to do to get that thing better. What did you think of the Mariners blockbuster trade with the Cincinnati Reds taking advantage of the Reds fire sale? 
Well, I loved it for the Mariners. I mean, Jesse Winker is a really good hitter, and he's getting better every year. He has tremendous power. And, you know, Eugenio Suarez was a really good hitter a couple of years ago, and, he, and I know he hit under 200 last year, but he finished strong last year. And he's not going to have to play shortstop, which was a mistake in the first place, putting him over there because I think it affected him offensively. So I think you add those two bats to what is a pretty good lineup anyway. And now you got a team that was on the cusp of making the playoffs last year and you add two more hitters for the middle of that order or close to the middle. I really liked what the Mariners did yesterday. And I'm sorry. I feel sorry for the, for the Reds and their fans. This just doesn't seem fair that they've already moved two position players and left, you know, lost Nick Castellanos to free agency and then traded Sonny Gray. Um, it just doesn't seem right there. The Cincinnati Reds have been around for 150 years. It just doesn't seem right that these deals should be going on, but this is the reality of the world in Cincinnati. All right. A strange situation with the angels. Uh, I must tell you that, you know, last year, as you saw the emergence of Brandon Marsh as one of baseball's best defensive center fielders, and that's what I've heard. I haven't really seen him play that much uh, other than on television. I haven't seen him play in person, but people I speak, I've spoken with with other teams really think that's how good this guy is as a defender. And so the writing kind of on the wall that at some point Mike Trout, you know, has been the center fielder, is going to move to a corner spot. Marsh would be in center. And I assumed all along that there would be conversations this spring with Mike about that, much as there was the same way there was when Torrey Hunter was the uh, Angels center fielder and they moved him to the corner to make room for Mike Trout. And then yesterday, uh, you know, the day after Joe Madden talked about moving Trout to a corner, Trout talked to reporters and said that the first he learned of this conversation was on Twitter (laughs) and then, you know, he mentioned that, no, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, my, I'm a center fielder in my mind. And by the end, the organization was kind of backing off. Tim, given Mike Trout's, uh, you know, extraordinary personality, his generosity as a person, uh, I can't believe how badly they botched this. I, I can't draw any other conclusion than Joe Madden botched this. And I say you know, with great respect to Joe, who I think someday will make a speech in Cooperstown for all of his work with the Rays, uh, you know, being the manager of the Cubs when they won in 2016. But this was a disaster that would be would be even worse if not for Trout's personality. Yeah, look, we all understand not everyone, except for Willie Mays, plays center field into his late 30s. I mean, only the greatest center fielders do that. So Mike Trout was going to move at some point. But you're right. You should never find out on Twitter about something like that. And Brandon Marsh has a chance to be a really good defensive center fielder. He already is. But you're not moving Mike Trout out for a a relative unproven kid who has a chance to be really good, but he's not an established player yet. And I remember when the Reds moved Ken Griffey Jr. out of center field, just how difficult that was. You have to go to your star player first and say, look, I'm going to bring this up today, or this is going to come up. Just want to let you know the fact that that apparently didn't happen um, is not a good idea by Joe Madden or anybody else with the Angels. I was covering the Orioles in 1996 when Davey Johnson told uh, reporters, including myself, that Cal Ripken was going to be moved to third base before he spoke to Cal about it. Now, I, I believe that Davey made the decision he was going to tell the media first to box Cal in. 
uh, to, because he, you know, he thought Cal might be difficult about it. So he just wanted to get it on the record. And then, you know, Cal was very unhappy about it uh, with the way that it played out. He, he, and I, I, you know, that, that, that was the situation I was thinking of yesterday when this happened. Uh, I, I can't, I, you know, given again, given Mike's personality, I, I'm just so shocked that they box themselves into this corner. All right. Uh, yesterday, talking Yankees camp was the trade for Josh Donaldson. Last year, Donaldson said some stuff about Garrett Cole using sticky stuff. And that led to this meeting yesterday between Cole and Donaldson in Aaron Boone's office. Here's Brian Cashman talking about all that. Yeah, I called Garrett last night, you know, uh, to give him a heads up in advance just, you know, because of how, you know, um, you know, the public side of this thing played out last year. Um, and so, you know, I owed him that phone call, which I, I provided that phone call. And, um, you know, it just explained, obviously, hey, we, we've got a transaction that's going to solve a lot of areas of need and, and uh, but not sure where this other aspect it sits. And, um, but if it is an issue, it's, you know, it's something we'll have to work through. And, and uh, he's like, I'll be fine. You know, uh, and uh, you know he's excited about the the opportunity to upgrade um, in a lot of areas. And you know, I'm sorry to see sorry to see certain guys go clearly because you have relationships that get built. But at the same time, you know, uh, everybody's hoping for what the new additions can bring. Those area of improvement that Brian Cashman was referring to were mostly Tim on defense at third, at short, at catcher. Right, Ben Rordvet is going to be a really good defensive catcher. He already is, and I. I'm a big believer, Buster. If if you're not confident with the guy you're throwing to as a pitcher, uh, it's going to affect you as a pitcher. I think the Braves, especially Greg Maddox, proved that. And Gary Sanchez is going to hit 35 home runs this year for the Twins, and he's really going to help them. But they needed to upgrade their catching, and they really have. And I think that's critical. Plus, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is a really good defensive shortstop. Let's remember, we've seen this guy catch. We saw him win a gold glove at third base, but his position is a shortstop. He's a natural shortstop, and he's a really, really good one. And he also has absolutely zero self-doubt about himself. So we always ask the question, you know, is this guy, whoever it is, going to be all right in New York? This guy is going to be great in New York. He's really smart. He's really articulate. And he really believes in his mind that he's he's the best shortstop in the league. He's better than Carlos Correa. That's what he believes in his mind, which I think is half the battle. When you go to the Yankees and you're following Derek Jeter years later, um, I think the Yankees did really well yesterday on the defensive end. Now, have they done enough to win the division? It's a difficult division, but I really like the move yesterday from a defensive standpoint with a catcher and a shortstop. The Yankees talked to the Oakland Athletics uh, about Matt Olson before he was traded to the Braves yesterday. Uh, they didn't make that deal. The Braves did. Tim, I was in Braves camp yesterday when that all played out. And even though I, I definitely got a sense that the players were expecting that this may well happen, that Freddie Freeman would not come back, it was still a shock to everybody, I think, in that moment. When you heard the news, what would you think? Well, I was shocked, too. Look, we all knew that if Freddie Freeman didn't come back to the Braves, that they were probably going to pursue Matt Olson. But I didn't know it was going to come in this order, that they would trade for Matt Olson before we got a signing elsewhere by Freddie Freeman. So I was 
really surprised that the Braves did this. Now, let's understand that they did really well on this trade because they they pick up a great defensive first baseman who's going to win an MVP someday. He can really hit and go look at his strikeout numbers last year compared to previously in his career. Bob Melvin, his manager last year, told me, Matt just got tired of striking out so much, so he did something about it, which is just so encouraging to see somebody do something about it and still hit with great power. Now, they gave up a lot to get him. They gave up four kids, including two really good ones. But I kind of admire the Braves for doing what they did, but I still think, why would you give up four guys when you had Freddie Freeman there, it just I just doesn't look like they wanted to give him that sixth year, and that might end up being a mistake because you know this, Buster. You take a personality uh, like Freddie Freeman out of the clubhouse, it changes an awful lot. You know, Tom Kelly, Tony LaRusso used to tell me when your best player is also your best guy, that's when you know you have it made. And that's what was the case with the Braves. I'm still a little surprised that he, they haven't re-signed Freddie Freeman and instead chose to give up four players for Matt Olson, who I repeat, is really good. I think there's almost a perfect comparison in this situation to make in relatively recent history, and that's when uh, Albert Pujols left the Cardinals. Uh, you remember, you know, at that time, you know, Albert was one of the big stars in the game. There was an expectation that he would stay there. But in the end, they weren't close, and he wound up taking money from the Angels, and he went there. And in the end, that deal wound up working out. You know, Albert Pools in the second half of his career wasn't hasn't been as nearly as good as he was in the first half of the, his career. And yesterday, after this went down, uh, I, I spoke with an executive who has all the respect in the world for Freddie Freeman. Absolutely loves him, loves what he brings to the table, knows all about his leadership. Uh, knows about his hitting style and how, you know, it plays so well in this era with so many strikeouts. You got a guy who can hit the ball over shortstop. And he said, this deal may well well be exactly the right one for the Braves. That this, uh, because you're getting a younger player with more power, who's a great defender, uh, and you don't have the financial commitment. And while Alex Anthopoulos stood there yesterday, answered questions, he was fighting back tears because he knows what Freddie means to the team. In the end, Tim, if you told me in 10 years that it uh, worked out for the Braves, that wouldn't be a shock either. Yeah, again, yeah, Matt Olson is a really, really good player. I, it just, It's just still is surprising to me that it worked out the way that it did, the timing of it all, and the order in which it happened. If Freddie Freeman had said, signed with the Dodgers and then the, the Braves made that trade, then it would have been a little bit more understandable. Just the timing and the way it happened was odd. All right. Tim, thanks for doing this. Thanks for getting up so early out in Arizona for us. (laughs) No problem, Buster. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Not long before Braves manager Brian Snitker hosted the first team meeting of spring training Monday morning, he texted Freddie Freeman on the other side of the country and mentioned that he was about to talk to the players, joking that Freddie still had a few minutes to join the group. But underneath the humor and the deeply cherished shared history that Freeman has with Snitker and the other Braves, he and his former manager probably already knew that Freeman's old locker, that space between Charlie Morton and Travis Darnot, empty besides 10 dangling white hangers, will remain unoccupied indefinitely. The next time Freeman dons a Brave uniform will likely be after he retires. Just a few hours after that team meeting, Christian Pache walked out of an office on the fringe of the clubhouse 
and approach teammates. Here's Ozzy Albies. You were sitting, I was sitting here in my locker and Pachi comes and says, hey, I got traded. And we were like, no, you're joking. And I said, yeah, I got traded. Matt Olson is coming here. That's how we heard about it. Here's Ian Anderson. Yeah, I was uh, in the hot tub just kind of going about my business. So uh, Max was sitting there and he, he saw the notification. So quick to kind of tell all of us. How devastating is that you for the guys and you know fighting so well? Yeah, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, you know, since I came up last year during the, the COVID year, 2020 during the COVID year, you know, he just had a, a nice welcoming presence in the locker room and, and made me feel comfortable, knew that I was going to be a big part of what's going forward. And um, obviously what, what he'd done, the respect he'd, he'd had just from from the guys and the way he showed up and prepared was, you know, was a huge presence in this locker room. So. I spoke with shortstop Dansby Swanson. What's your reaction to the news? You guys get Matt Olson, and that obviously means Freddie is not coming back. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, well, first of all, I mean, Olson, obviously I know him pretty well. We were actually committed to go to school together. Um, so, you know, there's some familiarity there, and he, he's obviously a tremendous player. Uh, he, he's done a lot in his time in Oakland um, and, and really kind of grown as a hitter. Uh, and so, obviously, that's, that's the bright side of it. But at the same time, I mean, you'd be lying if you said you weren't disappointed. You know, that Freddie, um, they, they, that obviously would mean that, you know, Freddie would get pushed out um, just because, you know, he's been a cornerstone guy, you know, for this for this franchise for so long. And you know, a guy that should have his, have his number retired um, is an Atlanta Brave. So that part's disappointing. And, and, and also at the same time, just the friendship component. You know, we're, we're such great friends. Here's Ozzy again. We definitely going to miss Freeman. He, for the energy he has bring for this team, the championship he just won last year. As a person, great first baseman. We, we're going to miss him a lot, but this is just... How big of a leader was Freddie? How important was he to this group of players? Really very important. We, we, you know, I have known Freddie since 2013. And yeah. It's it's everything for the team. You know, everybody knows him. We, we love to have him around. And uh, as a, as a person and a, and a team leader, it was it was very huge what he's done for us. A little while later, Braves president of baseball operations and general manager Alex Anthopoulos met with reporters, trying to thread a needle. By rule, he cannot publicly rule out the possibility that Freeman will not resign with the Braves. But most of the questions he fielded reflected the fact that Freeman's time with the team is over. And as the press conference progressed just outside the Braves clubhouse, Anthopoulos' emotions began to show in his face and affect his voice. Alex, I don't claim to be a body, you know, emotions expert, but you seem kind of bummed out and just disappointed. You pull off his deal, you should be excited. No, yeah, what, am I, mean, I wrong here? Yeah, like I said, it's, you know, I'm excited to get mad, but it's tough. You keep saying that this is one of the toughest deals that you've had to make. It may be obvious because you keep talking about how many prospects you gave up. Is it anything beyond that, or is it because of yeah, the sure? Process? But I, you know, I can't get into that. So, um, you know, it's tough deal. Alex, at what point in time did, did you lose confidence that you might get ready? Right? Um, you know, I just again, I can't get into specifics. So. I guess, you know, last night we finally said, look, we're going to try to hold and try to get this trade done and see where it goes. And I understand I'm accountable for trades and signings, um, but I don't think people are paying to come see me be a GM, right? It's about the players. So um, I think as long as 
we hopefully do a good job and put a good team on the field, they should be pleased. Alex, have you ever had a move in your career that's had so much emotion? Nope, not even close. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Marley Rivera covers baseball for ESPN. And what that means is the last two days, that means she was in Yankees camp on Sunday and Monday. Uh, she was there yesterday when you had the great detente between <laughs> Josh Donaldson uh, and Garrett Cole. Uh, of course, they those two guys had words last year. Uh, you know, Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, I think felt like that this needed to be addressed, Marley, right away. Uh, on the first yes. day of camp, because they knew that knuckleheads like me would be asking about it. So what uh, <laughs> what did those guys say yesterday? Well, the knucklehead like me, too, <laughs> to ask about it, too, Buster. And, of course, the, we, we were going to call it the white flag was planted. We're going to say the pinstripe flag was planted. And it's because right now, basically, they default to the fact that they both wear the same uniform. And they had a meeting uh, with Aaron Boone. It was the three of them. Uh, Aaron Boone described it as frank. <laughs> Aaron Cole described it as productive. And I actually spoke to Josh Donaldson quite a bit about it. And he said, you know what? I think a lot of people on the outside make a lot more about this than we do, right? This is one of those uh, moments with Ian Kinsler used to tell me all the time, there are certain players that when they're in your team, you know, they're part, they wear your uniform, you really love them. But when they're at the opposing side, their intensity can be a little difficult to deal with. And that certainly has been Josh Donaldson. And that's precisely what Garrett Cole said. He said, this is water under the bridge. We're fine. We talked it out. He has an op- his opinions on his mind. And he also stood right up there and straight up said, you know what? I said what I said. MLB addressed it, and from now on, you haven't heard me say a word because I do believe that the issue has been addressed. But we know that at one point, Josh Donaldson called the use of foreign substances on the baseball. He called it directly the new steroids. So it's a big deal, but they say that it is buried. Now they both wear pinstripes. So it's, you know, coincidentally, I was in Braves camp yesterday where Josh Donaldson Mm -hmm. played. And let me yes. tell you something, there was a lot of chortling among the Braves people I spoke with about the idea of Josh being in New York because uh, they yes. said he's got no filter. Uh, and yep. whether it's an issue with a player, with the media, 
it's going to be out there because that's Josh like every day. He's so intense and he's bringing it to bringing it to, you know, bringing that. And that's part of the reason why the Yankees acquired him. Do you, I, I do feel like that, like that type of personality is needed. And I, the comparison I made yesterday, Marley was to Jorge Posada, who I felt like, yes. you know, in the years I covered him, his intensity on a day in a day out basis and Tina Martinez as well, their intensity on an everyday basis was really good for the team. You know what, Buster, you've covered the Yankees for a very long time, and you know I have too. And there is one, and I'll say it, and I think they're very proud of this description. They're one of the most boring clubhouses in baseball, and that's exactly how they want it, right? Like, that's exactly what they want. And Josh Donaldson brings a spark that's, you're absolutely right, that he's much needed, but I think you're going to like this story. Yesterday, one of the things that Aaron Boone compared them to, and because you covered those teams, was the fact that Roger Clemens was one of the most hated players before he came to New York. And then he became one of the most beloved ones. So then Josh Donaldson says straight up, hey, you know, could this happen to you? And what did Josh say? He didn't even acknowledge the question and said, who told you that everyone hates me in New York? Making that up. So that's directly who Josh Donaldson is. And, and for someone like you, Buster, we cover the Yankees on a regular basis about time. That we're going to have some excitement in that clubhouse because, man, sometimes it can be boring. And let's be very clear, that's exactly how Hostein Brenner wants it. Very, very boring. Yeah, so uh, I actually spoke with someone who's been with the Yankees in recent seasons, uh, yeah. and he said that it's gotten very sterile. And, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Josh brings. All right, as you move forward uh, through your camp coverage, you're going to be going and seeing the Yankees, Tell or excuse me, the Mets. Tell me what you're looking forward to seeing there. Well, it's going to be interesting because one of the things that's going to happen is Francisco Lindor is going to, to address the media for the first time today. And we know if someone did not live up to a big-time contract last year, that certainly was Lindor. So it's going to be interesting to hear from him, you know, address the media openly about all the offseason trades. Right? We know that, quote-unquote, the Mets won the offseason. And to see what he believes he can bring to this team truly, and he can prove himself as this over $300 million player. You know, the Mets paid him, and now he has to show that on the field and it's going to be interesting his comments to see how he addresses and continues to deal with the new york media we know in the in the beginning that has been truly a disaster in his rookie season in new york that you know handling the media hasn't been his forte so uh it's gonna be uh pretty uh we'll see we'll stay tuned today and also robbie cano is expected to speak soon obviously we have not heard him since the suspension for the use of steroids so two big topics out of here in mets camp and max scherzer is going to speak with us today too so it's going to be interesting the man who called himself a dinosaur and who obviously already said that jacob de is going to be the pitcher on opening day and it would not be scherzer just kind of that you know that deferral to the younger kid who already said i'm gonna opt out just some interesting stories maybe not as exciting as you had in a Braves camp yesterday but some interesting storylines here at the mets yeah and of course max scherzer joining the mets this year mark Hanna, eduardo escobar yes. starling Marte. you've got a new manager in buck showalter and i think all of that marley will really help francisco lindor uh i thought last year there, there wasn't a lot of coverage for him. There wasn't a lot of people or weren't a lot of people around who could help give him some perspective and context through going through his first year in New York. What do you think? Absolutely. And, and Francisco Lindor had to be the guy, right? He had just arrived and had to be the guy. Actually, this leads me back in a full circle kind of thing. When Josh Donaldson was asked about being in New York, he said that to when you're in a team full of stars, right? You no longer have to be the guy. And I think this is really true 
truly going to help Lindor, particularly the presence also of Scherzer, right? Like this is a man who enjoys being a spokesperson, right? We know how in you know how his intensity during the labor negotiations and also Francisco Lindor being a big part of that, and they bonded over that. So they already had that bond, right? Previously dealing with the subcommittee and dealing with the labor negotiations. So I think the presence of Scherzer, and like you mentioned. Buck Showalter. I mean, we were just talking about what you described as a sterile environment in the Yankees. Talk about a non-sterile environment, the Mets. I mean, with, with voices like Buck Showalter, no knock to Luis Rojas, who's who's a gentleman, right? And and he had been with the Mets for 15 years, and now I did see him at the Yankees at, at third base. It's a very, very difficult position to handle, to be the manager of the New York Mets. And if someone can handle that, it certainly is Buck Showalter. All right, Marley. Well, have fun, and thanks for doing this. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a glorious Tuesday. And when we were recording the Open and listening to that Fernando Tatis Jr. sound, that whole thing sounds really, really shady. Uh, he didn't know his wrist was broken. Uh, they asked him about the motorcycle accident. He wouldn't say when it happened. He deferred to the reporters and they said December, January. He was like, yeah, yeah, then. Uh, very weird. Very weird. Doesn't I'm, remember his motorcycle accident. I'm not going to disagree with you, Taylor. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I also don't have any facts right. to yeah. present in this moment, but I'm not going to disagree with you. Mm, all right. That, but there's definitely more to that. So uh, I will be keeping my eyes peeled for uh, more information. Let's go to the tweets. Vince at not the fake Vinto writes in, can it be a bit bothersome that the pod is so popular with this being one of the top pods in the world? You lose great producers all the time. It's kind of unfair to you that you have to beat so many contenders in the weekly quiz. Wow. Yeah, there's no quite like this pod has graduated, uh, you know, producer superstars, Taylor. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, I fully expect that you're going to move up and take over the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Josh Macri drives to Bristol in a, in a limousine with a driver every day. So that's what is uh, you know, hopefully coming to me down the road. Uh, let's go to Mike Mosk at the Mosk three. Mike writes in, if the Yankees sign Freeman, where do they play DJ LeMahieu? Yeah, I, I think they'll play him all over the place. I am kind of curious as to what they're going to do on opening day. Uh, I kind of wonder if DJ is going to be the DH where you're going to have Stanton playing left field. You'll have judge in right field. You'll have Donaldson at third base. Uh, they, they've got, uh, an abundance of veteran players and it's a sort of group of players where everyone is excited about the power early in the year. If they don't play well, there's going to be a lot of talk about how this is an old team. Last tweet for today from Dominic with the, the best bleacher tweet burner account handle I've ever laid my eyes on. I don't think that anyone can ever beat this. It's at only for schwink. Very clever nice. there. Uh, Dominic writes in, so I saw the Braves traded for Matt Olson. I am so frustrated as a lifelong Braves fan, but can you shed any light on the situation? So instead of signing an all-time great, they trade away a great young player for a downgrade at the position. I don't know, Dominic. I'd say this, just looking at it completely objectively, if it's a downgrade. Like, I think Matt Olson is a terrific player. Um, I think in the end, and and look, there's no question. I wrote about it in a piece that uh, posted on ESPN.com last night. Braves had the money. You know, they finished second attendance last year. Uh, they certainly could afford Freddie if they had chosen to take that route. I think they didn't want to uh, make the investment into a big contract 
and then potentially get boxed in in years five and six on a six-year contract. I think it was a financial decision. And uh, I think they were in agreement on that, that it was just a, as much as they respect Freddie, as much as they love him, they decided they didn't want to, uh, to have that contract on their books going into his late 30s. Alrighty, that does it for Bleacher Tweets. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. Please follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And a reminder, we will be back on Thursday. That's it for today. My thanks to Tim, Sarah, Taylor, Marley, uh, and also the, all the Atlanta Braves players. The Braves, without a doubt, have the best culture in the sport when it comes to dealing with the media. And on a really rough day for a lot of them, uh, from Dansby Swanson to Ozzy Albies, uh, Brian Snitker, they were absolutely a, a, a pleasure to deal with yesterday. They were awesome. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus Chews provides one and done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.